I feel like we need to rename this podcast the Doing Too Much Show. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. Super tired, feeling like I'm doing too much this morning. And this is You Killed It For Now, the podcast talking about the challenge. Mm-hmm. Shelly, people were doing too much this episode of uh, The Challenge USA. This is all true. This is very true. I mean, there's a lot happening here. And we're fi- we're we're really digging into the crates in terms of what's Survivor, what's Big Brother, what's the challenge, and how all these games are played. That's what I feel like the big telltale was on this episode. Because I know all these games are about strategy, but I feel like the way you go about said strategy, the way that you build an alliance might be a little bit different in some games other than the other. Well, you know what? When we get there, we'll get there. But I have some thoughts about how a couple of people might have applied some survivor lessons to to the challenge. And it Mm -hmm. did not work for them, Sheldon. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, But let's begin at the beginning. Did you know that Tyler is literally sunshine in human form? He is too bright to look at, and he would melt your skin should you look at him. That's what I took away. I think that sunshine in human form, that's got to be the name of this episode, right? Yeah. People just think they're gonna that you name the episode after yourself, but... I'd be more darkness. No. <laughs> what's the, what's the, uh, what is that from? Uh, is this the Chappelle show? Chappelle. Yeah. Darkness. That's, <laughs> that's what, um, uh, Charlie uh, Murphy, right? Yeah. Char- <laughs> Charlie, Charlie Murphy. Murphy's nickname. <laughs> that would more be if I was naming the pot after me. The look was, on your face right now. I'm the one that said it. Why are you? So I I was going. I was talking about your personality, <laughs> Sheldon, because you are a delight. Uh, that's too funny. That's hilarious. It's Listen, rare. I don't got you... these good lights here for no reason. Okay, <laughs> I got these good lights here for a reason. To it's, make it more sunshine. How about that? Charlie? Okay, that's fair. It's rare <laughs> that you make me break. Normally, uh, I'm the one that leaves you speechless. You just got so shook. It was I'm so, so sh- You know what it is? <laughs> dear listeners, dear You Killed It uh, listeners, before we started recording, Sheldon said I never make him laugh. And I was so hurt that I'm still trying to recover. Oh, Sheldon's that's just laughing. Okay. <laughs> Sheldon's just nodding and laughing. Like, yes, true. True. Uh, you are not funny, John. Hurtful. Um, <laughs> sunshine in human form, yes. Sunshine in human form. There's still seven Survivor players left in the house. And it, first of all, I didn't realize that there's that many Survivor people in the house and that none of them had been eliminated, which is very impressive because one of them's Michelle. And like, that's her existence. But I told you Michelle's going to have a big season. I'm pretty sure I said that. On you one did of say that. Episodes. I will give you credit. You did say that. I'm still the hater here. Me and Michelle, we go way back, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> do you find yourself cheering for the challenge vets because they're more familiar? Yes, 1,000%. Me too. Um, and Desi. But um, the challenge vets, here's the thing, right? The challenge vets, I just feel like they're more calm and cool. Like Wes and Bananas are scheming and plotting, right? But you're not really seeing them do too. They're not doing too much right now. They're just sitting back, right? They're picking people off. They they understand what's going on in the game, right? They understood what they had to do to build up the numbers, which is making a pseudo alliance with the survivor girls, right? Mm-hmm. And then understand we got the numbers. We just got to get some wins and start taking people out. Now there's going to be a time, and it might be next week, <laughs> when the alliance sort of turns on each other. Cool. But until that happens, you just sit back and play your position. And that's the part that I feel like some other people, Chris might need to figure out, right? Like there's times where you just sit back, play your position. There's no amount of talking. That's going to make it better for you. It can only make it worse for you. And so you just got to understand the whole 
outlook, the whole 360 of the game. And Chris definitely did not understand the full 360 of the game. No. Um, you mentioned Bananas and Wes uh, just sort of sitting back in the cut, not doing too much. I mean, I actually noted, like, is Corey still in this game? Like, I feel like we haven't seen him at all. Like, not even in confessional for two episodes. Yeah. Like, I actually wondered, like, did he say something like bonkers racist and they have to like edit him out? Like where did Corey go? He appears later on in the episode, but like we did not I, see Corey for like several episodes. Like he hasn't even been a focal point of any of the daily challenges or anything. No. Like it's super strange. You're totally right about that. That's a great call. Thank you. Instead, um, we keep seeing too much of Tori and Sebastian. Oh, way too much. Um, but also, I Oof. have to say, there's two funny things off the hop. I mean, you just referenced Tori and Sebastian. Fessel, of all people, <laughs> criticizes Tori and Sebastian for being like, like <laughs> letting their romantic and or sexual lives interfere with their game. Fessel, just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> like, who are you of all people? Like, Corey and Fessel, of yeah. anyone on the show, should just mind their damn business when it comes to other people hooking up. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Like, we're so far removed from the actual challenge that I was sitting there myself being like, you know what? Fessy's making some really wait a second isn't his yeah. name messy fessy like yeah. didn't that come from a re you know what i mean but it's just like the the way that he he was saying it and he's been so like calm and cool now for like what two seasons and i i mean and by calm and cool i mean what we've seen him do over the last couple where he's just kind of flirting you know nothing much really going on it's not the fessy that we've seen from the very beginning you know what i'm saying so it's been toned down. So I almost forgot myself about messy fessy and you know, the fact that he's talking about Tori when like, isn't Tori someone that he hooked up with, yep. but that wasn't on the show, right? No, but they, they were flirting. Like the track was being laid. Yes. Beforehand. Yes. 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 So um, that was just hilarious for sure. And then the other thing I loved about this, like little preamble, this little opening segment and a little, the, before the first commercial, can I just say one other thing though. Yeah, of course. We talked about Fessy and like just the rebrand of Fessy. To me, that could have been an opportunity where he could have had fun with that confessional. Yeah. Right? He where instead of trying to lecture it, he could have been like, he could have like winked at the camera at the end or something like that. Or like just said, you know, I've learned my lesson. You know, like yeah. just anything to like yeah. humanize it more. Acknowledge your past, Fessel. But do you think that this is the whole play where – this is a different show with a different mm -hmm. audience that might not know messy fessy, right? They know so you're Fessel. saying they so you're suggesting that he was edited. No, I'm suggesting that like he, both he and whoever's doing the challenge mm -hmm. now, not the MTV people, are realizing that this audience on CBS is probably not the same audience or it's not the same full audience that they have yeah. on MTV. So those people might not even know of messy fessy. They just know Fessel, right? They yeah. know the guy that was on Big Brother with Haley and then the guy that they've seen the last two seasons on USA that's kind of more reserved, very quiet, flirts a little bit, but he's not like, you know, yeah. mingling. Well, you know? and he he wasn't even on last season of USA, right? Like oh, last exactly. season, there is there no challenge go. people, no true challenge people. Um, the other thing that I thought was funny is we have a scene where Michaela sits Chris down and then basically is like you're playing super messy but also in that context she says to him like there's clearly an attack on survivor happening okay we just finished seeing that no one from survivor has been eliminated yet correct so like maybe she misphrased it maybe what she meant to say was like we're obviously next by pro like because there's no one left to attack yeah but also, like, I remember every time, like, we see Michaela on the screen, I think about early on in the season, Wes said he, that she's the most paranoid player he, he's ever played alongside. Yeah. And, like, the fact that she interprets, we haven't lost anyone, so we're being attacked. <laughs> like, she's not wrong, but also, yeah, like, you're another way of phrasing your situation is that you're winning. 
your <laughs> alliance has been the most successful. Yeah. And therefore, in an act of desperation, the other two groups, I mean, Amazing Race is out of this. Mm-hmm. I do, I gotta say, I wish maybe, maybe for Challenge USA season three, I'd love to see it where it's a team competition and the teams are just like straight up and down, like, here's eight people from Survivor, here's eight people yeah. from Big Brother, here's, right? Like, here's eight people from Amazing Race. Oh, I just bet like, you that's in the in it's in the hopper. I bet you that's coming. I mean, you know this. Long time listeners of you killed it. Know this. I loved Battle of the Seasons. Like I thought that was one of the better formats of the show. And like that's when I was in like my peak enjoyment of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and we weren't recording yet, were we? No, that was that was pre. You killed it. The the dark pre YKI days. Um, but I love that format. Like, I think it's really interesting to have these like pre-established dynamics that are mm-hmm. a team. Yeah. Um, what did you think of this conversation though, between Michaela and Chris? Well, it was very telling on both sides because Michaela is super paranoid, but as she says later on in the episode, she is always thinking constantly, you know, three steps ahead. And that is, she phrases it one of her strengths, you know, I think it's one of her strengths, but also maybe one of her weaknesses. She's got to like rein it in a little, but obviously it's working because I mean, their side's doing really well. Mm-hmm. So it's very telling on that side. The flip side is Corey, not Corey, Chris. He just laid all his cards out on the table. Cause Michaela's like, we don't really know if we can trust you. Like we feel like you're doing too, like she's openly telling him the concerns that she has and her side of the house has with him. And then he's being honest about the fact that, well, you know, I feel like I'm tighter with Corey and Fessy and Josh. And it's like, you can't really believe that. Can you, (laughs) right? Like what makes you think that you're actually close with, Fessy and Corey like that has to be a thing where you've never really watched the challenge before you don't understand how the game's played so you think that you're just friends with these guys now not realizing that they're just keeping you around as numbers in case of emergency yeah but I didn't understand that I didn't like understand. Maybe, like, maybe someday you'll actually be their friend, but like it ta- well, typically takes two or three seasons before what was an alliance becomes like a real friendship. But I'm saying, if you're Chris, what's the point in admitting that to Michaela? Why not just say, "Hey, you know what? I'm on your side. Like, you know, I'm keeping those guys close because A, B, C, and D." Like, but he clearly actually believed that Fessy and Corey were going to rock with him. Why? That part I didn't understand. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't explain it either. And and Norm, and this isn't me like playing, you know, playing the result, but it's just like you put like as I'm watching the scene, I'm just kind of like, wait, what's happening right now? Like you have an alliance with more numbers than Corey and Fessy have, right? <laughs> and instead of just rocking out with those numbers, you're like, well, actually, I'm more closer with these guys. When Michaela's telling you, I don't trust you, and now you're just solidifying, like, well, that actually, she should not trust you. <laughs> yeah, you're just solidifying that. She's like, I don't trust you. He's like, you're, you know what, Michaela, you shouldn't trust me. <laughs> yeah, you're making good arguments that I am, in fact, more loyal to these other people. <laughs> yes, right? Exactly. So we get to the daily challenge, which was speed jump. So the first phase, I guess we could call it, of this, the first round, they have to jump on a mini trampoline to see all the numbers on the other side of a wall and then add that shit up and then write it on a chalkboard and run over and show teacher TJ their work. Uh, well, let's talk about this one first. What did you think of this daily competition? I thought it was pretty cool, but... I. The one, the thing about these challenges, I want to know like the specifics of it, right? Like I would have liked, and there's no way for them to do this, but I was trying to picture myself doing it. And the reason why was because like how hard do you have to jump to see over the fence, you know, to see all the numbers. And I was thinking about that part of it and then thinking, oh, I would have done poorly on this because like my brain would have been working too much trying to jump 
too high on the trampoline over and over again, right? Instead of like, you know, the strategy you sort of saw someone else do because like who was it? it was sebastian who just did it like first he guess go. he had it right and obviously we know he's super athletic but obviously he also said he's really good at math and then you saw everyone else just struggle but mm -hmm. why were they struggling it's because they're panicking they're trying to go quickly they're trying to make it you know so i thought it was a really cool challenge like a good first phase we'll say what yeah. did you think i think like <laughs> first of all I thought it was funny how they would show like the camera peeking over, mm -hmm. but it's clearly not on a trampoline. Like no. it, it would like go up and hold frame for like yeah, three yeah, seconds. Yeah. I'm like, that's not how trampolines work. Like you're immediately falling back down. Yeah. And like, they are like, Oh, it's about math. I think it's about like eyesight. Like it's about uh -huh. like, can you track like you're moving but can you track something that appears to be moving and like accurately read it like if you have bad eyesight like if you are short-sighted or whatever this is gonna be a very difficult challenge right and even like an aspect of eyesight it's not just like being able to read something clearly but like how quickly can you pick up a moving object with your eyes right like yeah. it's it's uh it's tough yeah no totally i also thought um it was interesting like they all had the same number mm. right like they mm. all had to get 91 i don't know for a second there it's gonna be like oh i shouldn't say the number they all had to get 91 it doesn't yeah. it doesn't have to be a state secret i was surprised that no one i mean maybe they didn't their show allies it. yeah that part yeah. didn't make sense to me either but again that comes down to who got the number first because i wondered if like why didn't sebastian tell tori at least you know she ended up yeah. going through cool but i guarantee you that if it was bananas or west that got it first they, they would have like yeah but i also wonder oh <laughs> i just dropped a pen i was like trying to make like a hard like i was getting like my newsman on and trying to make like a hard hitting question to you and then just drop the pen on the table but anyways i wonder though and this just came to me west and bananas do you think that they're trying to win right now or they're trying to like they're kind of secured numbers and they're like let's just pull back a little here i think they're trying to pull back right that seems like the move there because you I, don't want to put the target on your back let the other two people kind of fight their way out well i think i think in their minds they certainly like tori is definitely on their side like a hundred percent and as long as she wins they're good yeah and also mm -hmm. like to a lesser extent Fessel and Corey and Josh are on their side. Yeah. So like, and I I think, yeah, I think you're right. And we even saw it in confessional. He didn't say it outright, but Wes is like, yeah, Tori keeps killing it. So I'm not that worried. Yeah. No, <laughs> and, sure. and Banana said a similar thing. Yeah. Um. On that note, Sebastian, Josh and Fessy are the first men to win. Uh, the first round and Tori, Michelle, and Chanel win as well. Yeah. So that six then move on where they have to bounce on a trampoline on a semi truck and grab flags as they drive by. And like, this I'm is gonna, dangerous. That's the first thought I had. I'm like, how are they going to have like a safety harness? Like, how, like, how can they do it where like a safety harness wouldn't get in the way of the flags going by? The answer, Sheldon, was they did not seemingly have a safety harness. I saw that they had like little strings attached. They had them strings to the that were attached to the trampoline, right? So it's like it almost looked like the four corners of the trampoline had a string that then connected to your hip, which I only, in all seriousness, noticed at the end when Fessy was going. I yeah. feel like I never saw those strings on anyone else. That's the thing that that was kind of weird to me. I noticed. I noticed them on other people. But See, they, I I didn't notice like they were not like uh, I, I know someone to ask a question. Were those safe? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like how strong were those things? But that was like that seemed like it would be so hard. And the other part of you know the big differentiator here that Fessy came up with was the fact that everyone else was bouncing up and down the whole time, and then you have to like time your bounces, which makes no sense. Which, as Fessy says, you just need one big bounce yeah. when you get close, 
and then you grab it, right? Instead, you, you might be off time. So that was the thing that was also quite strange to me because, you know, Tori fell so hard. And I was like, yo, that is crazy. And what happens if you just fall off balance and you fall to the side where you might not, like, I don't know, man, that looked a lot scarier. Maybe they sped up the truck a little in post to make it look like it was going a little faster than it actually was. I don't know. But that looked scary to me. I would say we've seen some bad spills, some bad hits, you know, on the show. The the bump, to use wrestling parlance, the bump that Tori takes is one of the hardest we've seen. I do want to say, I do want to throw in, great job to the audio guy and the uh, the editor because mm-hmm. they added in the sound effects to of like bone crunching and stuff to like emphasize it a little more to give it a little extra oomph like yeah. they did that and i was i was like kind of laughing because at one point i was like okay that one was a little too much there that you added in <laughs> right that one was a little too much but i see what you're doing here though right and it, it worked like the way she was crashing on it it was just great editing for sure to make it even emphasize even more but i mean maybe this is a thing from like playing sports and playing contact sports but the fact that when she landed like that on her tailbone, like that gave me such flashbacks to like, whether it's football and jumping up for a catch, going up for a basketball rebound and being undercut. Like that gave me such flashbacks of, cause you know, when you see those moments happening, you're like, uh, uh, as a person lands, cause you know, that's going to hurt. And then it's like, Oh nope, they're back up. Everything's good. Well, it's not just that she landed on her tailbone, but also like, sh- like sh- her, upper back went over like she was bent over the railing of the mm-hmm. trampoline so like you're dealing with some whiplash like that's gonna be hard on your entire from your neck down yeah and you might get the wind knocked out of you like she took a bad bad bump yeah um definitely. early on though sebastian her man does quite well yeah for the first for the first uh person to go then tori goes and as we said took that bad spell but like actually did pretty well yeah and when when she takes that spell sebastian says do i go run up there and help her and like this this goes to show how your man sebastian is doing too much because the way i interpreted what he was saying is he's suggesting that he go run and catch a moving truck (laughs) And climb up on it to administer what, like a spinal tap? Like, what's he gonna do for like a messed up back that can't wait? Just doing too much, man. Doing way too much, Sebastian. Just like be logical. Like for sure, be upset. But like, what are you gonna do in that situation? You're gonna wait, and you're gonna hold her hand when a paramedic or another like properly trained medical person <laughs> is attending her that's what you're gonna do sebastian yeah. you're not actually going to like save her from the moving vehicle like oh my god to me the interesting part of this challenge was that like you see the because like i'm not i'm not making fun of anyone because again i was just saying i feel I like am. i'd be shook trying to do this no 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 trying to do this challenge okay. right so like josh being the tallest was so funny to me because it's like you don't have to jump that much bro like you're no you're like the tallest person here but he struggled he pulls down the whole thing michelle not really that athletic you know what i mean like in terms of like the the like jumping skills so like she really struggled chanel talked about her basketball background and being like a great rebounder and jumper and then she super struggled and then your man's fessy comes out here and he's doing backflips and shit and i was like yeah i was like okay fessy talk that talk right like my guys like like did we miss the part where fessy was in the circus for a year (laughs) or something like where did that come from my guy's doing backflips i was like where like what's going on here did i miss something because fessy's a big dude like that's hard to do trampoline or not yeah well but that goes to show the difference between someone who works out and someone who's athletic super facts yeah right Yep. like fessy obviously like was in discussions to be drafted to the nfl he played tight end a very difficult position 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all difficult, but a more difficult position in yeah. NCAA football, that's the difference between that and doing CrossFit, right? Yeah, for like, sure. For sure. It is a different level. Um, I did like, sorry, one last thing about Tori's spell, how she gets back up to her feet and just goes, ouch. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was uh, so Tori and Fessel win. Um Bananas is happy that Tori and Fessel are running things because he knows it's another safe week for him. Smash cut. Fessel telling that it, Chris that if it was his choice, he put Wes and Bananas in. Yeah. Do you think Fessel was telling the truth here? Yeah, I think this is like that's a little nugget they're dropping in that's gonna be a precursor yeah. for what's about to happen in, in coming up episodes. Um I also just think that Fessy. This is why Fessy struggles as well. Like, why is Fessy worried about bananas? Like, if I'm Fessy, right, I'd be more worried about Chris in a final than I would be about bananas and Wes in a final. No, like Fessy at this stage, I understand that bananas and Wes have, you know, they've won before they're vets and all that stuff. And I get that. And there's going to be puzzles and they might be better than him at puzzles or whatever. Like I understand that side of it, but I still feel like physically you should be able to beat them by at this point. And physically your bigger competition is Chris, probably Tyler, who's super athletic. He's a great swimmer. Do you know what I mean? Like these newer guys, it's not like they're slouches here. So I don't get why you're going after your own numbers. Yeah. Right. To go into a final against people who might be able to beat you. Right. Cause Chris has done well in a lot of these challenges. Right. And what we see in the elimination, which we'll get to, you know what I mean? Like it's, it was just weird, but anyways, Fessy also hasn't won for a reason because his gameplay isn't the best. So, well, sorry, I just have a thought on this. What the reason why Fessel is so obsessed is he wants to be able to say, I got rid of bananas or I got rid of Wes. Like he's trying to pad his resume, which yeah. on some level he knows is lacking. Like he knows <laughs> he hasn't gotten it done, right? Like he knows better than anyone he hasn't gotten it done. So yeah. rather than be like, I want a season that featured Bananas and Wes, he wants to be able to say, I got rid of Bananas and Wes. And like, and this is, I mean, Fessel has so much potential, but this is the central issue with Fessel. As you said, he always misses the point. Yeah. Right? Like he, early, early on in You Killed It, we talked about like, we're talking like the first 20 episodes. We talked about how Bananas great gift is being able to see the game within the game and like west does that to a certain degree as well but like bananas in particular is good at finding loopholes and shortcuts and under like he's really good at game theory and boiling down the essentials of any given season which is why he succeeds fessel is the opposite like fessel never sees like what the actual point is and you're totally right why would you get rid of your own numbers yeah it's so right? strange. And I get that Chris is a number for him as well. But Chris, as we've just seen, he's such a wild card. Bananas and that might be a wild card too. Like I get that. But for the most part, you can see where their moves are coming. You know what I mean? Like you can mm-hmm. see, you know, when Bananas is about to strike, so to speak, right? Where Chris, and you know that Bananas knows what he's doing. Chris does not know what he's doing at all, right? Mm-hmm. He's a liability. Um, anyways, uh, Tori. Tori wants to put up Alyssa and Tyler. Fessy wants to put up two survivor people. And in the most predictable move ever, like I would just sit, I was sitting there getting mad and I'm not, I wasn't even rooting for Chris, but I was like, of course, Fessy's just going to throw him under the bus after this whole thing where he's like, yeah, you know, if it was my way, I'd throw in, I'd throw in bananas in West. And it's like, okay, well now you won. So you have a say and you're just going to let Tori run the whole thing why you know what i mean like that doesn't make any sense other than you know fessy just didn't care about chris to begin with which we kind of knew (laughs) but it was just funny to see he didn't even put up a fight i will say i can't believe i'm gonna do this in defense of fessel Mm -hmm. he's right that it's time to put survivor people up of course he's right but like he's right on that count but the fact that he then like 
once it got to like once he got as far as like survivor people going up then he was uh, like not logical then he's like yeah whatever <laughs> like yeah like he didn't care about there was no fight being put up for chris at all no she at was all. like how about chris he's like all right <laughs> <laughs> and poor cassidy cassidy survived this game despite being on the radar like she's been in the the like uh what's a the 007 what was it golden eye the golden yeah. eye scope like scope. i feel like she, yeah she's been in that for like the whole season and somehow still survived and i, I really wonder like when that happens when someone is just like a perpetual target like that i really wonder what they're like on a day-to-day basis in the house because like earlier in this episode sebastian mentioned they've been in the house for 30 days like do you think she's like not washing her dishes? Like, do you think she like <laughs> leaves cups of water all over the house? Like, how is yeah. this happening? You know what I mean? Definitely like, I feel be. like sometimes we don't get to see it, but like, I think there's like little things around the house where like she's just gross and people are like, oh, get out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. We don't want, or like she's annoying or she talks too much game or she, like there's, I feel like there's some nuance that we're missing as to why she is just like constantly up. Or like yeah. at least in discussions. No, definitely. Definitely feel like there's got to be something there for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Tori tries to explain what happened to Cassidy. And to be honest, she makes it sound logical. You know, there's no yeah. argument there. And Chris is mad at Fessy, which, you know, he throws him under the bus. And Fessy explains himself, you know, well, Tyler, like I was on this season with Tyler. Like, I'm not going to throw him in. I'm obviously not going to throw in it. Like, Fessy is correct, but like the way that he's saying it is so nonchalant. I mean, also it was obvious and Chris is so surprised. You're not setting the stage accurately enough. Fessel was making this defensive decision as he sat at the table, eating his food, (laughs) barely looking at Chris Mm -hmm. with like, so many people in the room, like everyone was eating dinner and Fessel was just sort of like, I don't know what you want me to do. Takes a bite of like pasta. <laughs> Tyler and I were in the same class, like in the same big brother uh, season. And like Tyler's right beside him. And yeah. just like, it was, <laughs> and Chris is like, I'm taking this personally. I'm like, I don't think you should take it personally. I think you just need to know this is who Fessel is. <laughs> yes. And this is what Michaela was ta- trying to tell you. You're doing too much, bro. Doing, doing way much. too much um i thought it was very funny it was hilarious it was hilarious uh, but then we get to club night and i know you love club nights and i don't want to take this from you no it's not a thing this season it really isn't man because it's just it's just sebastian sebastian is like oh i see chris is doing too much bet i got this let me show let me show you how it's done chris let me show you how doing too much is accomplished in this house. Do you know what I'm going to say? And I'm not going to finish the line. So this is going to be a thing where either you get it or you don't. I'm not going to elaborate on it too much. Okay. There is a line by a guy that used to be named Kanye West. And he used to say, he had a line that says, I was in too deep like Makai Fife. (laughs) And if you just finish off whatever that line is, that sums up where Sebastian is right now because he's in too deep with Tori. And that has him feeling himself a little too much. And I think that's what happens here, right? He's feeling untouchable in this moment because his girl Tori won. And he's thinking, yo, I'm safe. Tori's going to be able to keep me safe the whole time. And that's not really the case. That's not in how reality. this works. <laughs> but also, it's not the case in reality because like, what we see here that happens, he comes up with this dumbass plan where he's like, we should throw in Corey, which makes absolutely no sense for you to say that to Tori, who, if that is your girl, you should know that she's in the game with Corey. Yeah. But the fact that you don't know that and you're saying this to her tells me everything I need to know about the phoniness of this showmance. (laughs) But Sebastian has no idea. The other thing that's stupid is, okay, Sebastian is Survivor. Chris is Survivor. You know that Tori has 
previously pissed off Tyler and Alyssa. Correct. Surely the move is to argue that Tyler go in. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're Sebastian and you're Survivor, you're like, okay, Chris is sketchy, but maybe this is an opportunity where we either get rid of the sketchy guy within the Survivor group or we get rid of Tyler, who's in the Big Brother group, who also has a reason, like, my lady friend just targeted him and his lady friend. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. we got to complete this. You know what I mean? It's so obvious what the move should be. Yeah. And, like, to bring in Corey, where you're, you're, and your reasoning is maybe it's time to get out one of the bigger guys. It's like, okay, but if he's going in against Chris, who is one of your guys that you want to keep in the house, why would you risk that? Like, the I'm gameplay all- just makes no sense. I'm also, I'm going to say this. I love Corey. I like Corey. He's, I think he's a good guy. I like watching him on TV. Not that he's really been on this season, but like, is he a big guy? Like, no, is he I- the biggest threat? Like, I know he's part of sort of the challenge alliance, but he would be, if they had to throw someone under the bus from the challenge group, Corey would be the first to go. Does he have a proven track record of winning uh, finals? No, he's never won. Is he physically the largest? No. Is he the smartest? All due respect, Corey, not the smartest. I think he'd be the first one to tell you that. So, like, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, but the like, thing that I don't get is, so, okay, yes, we've established that Sebastian's idea is very dumb. But that's not even the part that's most interesting here. The part that's most interesting here is that Tori doesn't even tell him that your idea is dumb and you should not say this to anyone else. She says that in confessional and then lets him go around the house and continue to throw this out there that maybe we should go after Corey. That part also made no sense to me at all. I was like, what's what's happening here? This makes no sense. Like, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a reggae tune. She don't really need a, Never mind. What am I doing right now? Anyways, <laughs> doing too. I'm doing too much right now. It's, you know why? It's because we're in the club scene. We're that's in the right. club scene right now, and that's what got to me. And we're this- robbed of real music. Yes, yes. I, I really. I also like can't sing on the the pod because then you know, like they might do something with the rights and all that because my my oh, voice is so good. I was gonna say, oh, you think like- you think your singing is so good? <laughs> That's gonna I'm get joking. flagged by algorithms. Okay. I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. I'm joking. I'm joking. But you mean when I sing along to the Venga Boys on this? I doesn't. My, my point was, <laughs> my point was to call Sebastian a toy friend. Okay, and Sebastian oh. is a toy friend. That was what I was going to sing. But anyways, Sebastian is a toy friend, and Tori is just like letting him do all the foolishness now, and it's like. It made absolutely like it was just such a funny scene because Sebastian's talking like he said it again about that. He loves her. Right. Which I thought is hilarious. And she's just like, oh, yeah, you want to throw out this stupid thing? You probably shouldn't do. She doesn't even tell him that. I don't even understand that. So he goes around the house. He starts. He goes to Chanel and tells Chanel, oh, yeah, you know, maybe we should think about getting Corey in. And Chanel's like, uh, well, Corey's never really done anything. He's never come after us. So, uh, yeah, I don't really think we would do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chanel's response. She's like, yeah, but, like, I mean, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, I don't understand what you're suggesting here for anyone's sake. Like, I don't get why you want to do this. <laughs> um, so good. And then it gets worse, Shelly. It does. Both Sebastian and Chris spend the next morning, the hangover time, a sacred time. Mm-hmm. Just going around the house, both like lobbying for like Chris is lobbying. Let's throw in a survivor, any any survivor girl. Like let's, yeah. and at the same time, Sebastian is still like out there being like, "What about Corey though?" <laughs> and like my so here's here's my thought. Again, I haven't watched Survivor 
in years. So my apologies to Survivor fans if I'm getting this wrong. This seems like pretty typical Survivor behavior to me, though. When I did watch Survivor, there'd be these moments where people would, because it is typically an individual game in terms of voting, there they would go around and they'd be like, oh, let's all just like throw this person in. And basically, if you convince enough people, then mm-hmm. you live to see another day, right? Yeah. I wonder, though, if one of the subtle differences between the challenge and Survivor is if there is a shorter lead-up time between voting for, like for Survivor people. So, like... Where Chris and Sebastian both got undone is that the people that they were like campaigning against found out and then they had to be confronted by these people to be like, what are you doing? (laughs) Right. And I wonder if the show they come from Survivor, if like, you know, you get nominated and then you have the voting ceremony within like three hours. So you can do like a quick like Mm -hmm. go around your group. Yeah. like tell everyone how to vote and then they don't have time to cross reference. Whereas on the challenge, they clearly, we know they have at least 24 hours because we saw them go to the club mm-hmm. that there's like time for people to actually like compare notes and talk to each other. And so then everyone was like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, why are you doing this? No, <laughs> you're, you're totally sense? right. You're totally right. But also the, the flip side of that too, is that I bet it's a lot, easier in the challenge house to you know go around in different spots of the house and talk whereas like survivor yeah you can go off and go off on a walk but if you're actually going off on a walk with like multiple people do you know what i mean like that kind of looks shady whereas like oh i'm just going to work out and then you come with me to work out like that could be a lot less bait in terms of like you know a lot less obvious you know what i mean that you're plotting and scheming because, oh, we're just playing pool or whatever. Well, um, also at this stage of a season of the challenge, the house is a lot emptier. So like it's a structure that was built yeah. for like 30 people or whatever it was. But now there's 12 people. So like yeah. there's like 18 people's worth of space just like totally. around the house. The other Which, part too, though, is that we got to emphasize here. Okay. No matter how you cut it, Chris literally went to everyone in the house and told a different story to them. Yeah. So <laughs> you were going to get caught. Oh, right? yeah. Like, oh, no matter it was how badly executed, it, too. It was just terrible. And then the worst part was Sebastian when Corey finds out from Chanel and Corey goes right to Sebastian and he's like the worst liar ever. Just like, oh, uh, that wasn't me. That was uh, that was Chris. You know, Chris was just, you know, he's trying to like save himself right now. So he's coming up with all kinds of wild scenarios. And Corey knows that Chris would not say that, right? Because Chris has already risked his game with the survivor people because he's riding with Corey and Fessy. So why would he now come out and be like, yeah, I want to go against Corey? That makes no sense. It's worse than that, though. It makes no sense. If you're Chris to try to have a male competitor exactly. go in, exactly. right? Like it's already established that the move is have, make it a female day. Exactly. Like that's how you get out of hot water. And also, you know, who looks great in all this Cassidy, who, as far as I can tell, did not initiate a single gameplay conversation. <laughs> like she knew yeah. as soon as she saw what Chris was doing, she's like, Oh, okay. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. I also, I this is my line of the episode. It's not like particularly funny or anything, but I enjoyed it. Was Bananas and Wes are just like, you know, being the uncles. They're in their room, door closed, hanging out. Chris comes to talk to them. And basically, before you can get a word out, Michelle materializes. It's <laughs> like, actually, can I talk to you, Chris? <laughs> and she was like, are you saying my name? I heard you're saying my name because Michelle also queen of doing too much. And he's like, well, I know I was just asking these two. And like Josh was suddenly there too, uh, to vote for 
a girl, a survivor girl. And West goes, cuts in and goes, okay, you want us to vote a girl, then she's on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Just immediately, mm. like, threw Chris under the bus. <laughs> like, a perfect read of the situation is just, like, I can, in one sentence, I can make Michelle like me more and <laughs> destroy Chris. Yeah. Well, if you're saying survivor girls, there she is. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, it makes no sense. And Wes, in a confessional, he's like, Chris is a really good player in all parts of the game except the social game, right? It's true. My guy's doing way too much and he just buried himself in this, in this scenario. And it's interesting because obviously he ends up going into the elimination, but Wes, I found super interesting. Wes saying, you know, I actually hope Chris comes back because I can use him. Right. Yeah. I'm like, and that's the big difference between the challenge and some of these other games, right? Where you have the challenge bet where Wes is like, this guy's going to come back and he's a good player, but he has no one on his side. I'm going to reel him in because I see the potential here and I see where he's lacking is exactly where I can help him out. And that's Wes. I was just like, oh, genius. Love it. So we get to the elimination. Sebastian actually gets a ton of votes. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> what a Momo. Uh, and <laughs> gets He, of course, his ball gets drawn. Mm -hmm. um and the elimination is called trick trick boom which uh is very simple just like one of those tiktok kids they have to set up a series of planks platforms yep. mm -hmm. and then they have to toss a ball and like they have to do it twice first with three platforms bounce get into a black barrel mm -hmm. and then they have to like up the level of difficulty add two more angled platforms uh, and it begs the question, what is the ball budget on this season of the Challenge USA? <laughs> they have so many ball-based mechanisms, right? They've got the hopper. A lot of the games have involved these balls. Like One thing I want to ask, and I don't yeah. know if you know the answer to this, but maybe someone else does. Did you notice that they actually showed the close-up of Sebastian's name being drawn mm. from the hopper? Did they Have they done that before this season? No. Because that was the first time I noticed that. And I found that kind of odd. I think it's just because some editor, like, because they always film TJ taking the ball out of the hopper, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that just by chance, Sebastian's name was visible. So they're like, uh, oh, like, this is this yeah. is good. Maybe they listen to this podcast where we often accuse them of fixing these eliminations. <laughs> yeah, but, like, that doesn't change anything because I would just be like, yeah, you could just film that close-up <laughs> for everybody and then rig it anyways. Like, whatever. I mean, we haven't really ranted in a paranoid I don't fashion. think they've rigged. I haven't I said anything I don't, about them rigging this this no, I was just gonna say I don't think I don't think they've rigged this one. Yeah, this season, previous seasons, yes, super su suspicious stuff happening in previous seasons. Mm -hmm. Not this one though. No, this challenge, this elimination, I thought was really good though, and it was interesting because Chris, again, as Wes just pointed out to everyone, Chris is really smart. Chris is good at this game, and Chris right away understands the like he took time to prepare how he was going to lay out all of his platforms where Sebastian was just kind of like, Nope, let me just put them in a row here and I'm going to start throwing. I'm going to try. He was trying a lot of different attempts before Chris even got up to try his first attempt. And it was because Chris was so meticulous in how he was laying out his platforms. But then once he got it going, tick, tick, boom, <laughs> right? Chris yeah. seemed to really have it, have it down pat. Whereas Sebastian who had everyone cheering for him, it seemed like everyone was trying to help him. And yet after like, you know, after the second, like on their second, the second version, we had to add in the, the side planks. Yeah. Yeah. He started moving stuff around, which made no sense. Well, I mean, this is, again, Sebastian doing too much. And I just, like, I don't think this plays to Sebastian's strengths, if any, if he has any strengths, right? <laughs> um, at one point, um, Tori says, Sebastian looks like he just came out of a beer pong tournament in college. I'm shaking my head no for our listeners. I, I do not see Sebastian as a frat boy 
type. I see Chris as a former frat boy. Like that's believable. Sebastian also, does not strike me as a frat boy. I should point out we don't really have frats in Canada, so like I don't have a lot to go on. I'm just going off of like movies and TV shows, but I don't know. I I didn't really believe that. I just found it weird that like that's how Tori sees him. That's your that's your jam, I'll say, Tori. Like I don't Is know. It though? It was, I have no I idea. Mean, I I don't get it. I'm not trying. Jordan doesn't strike me like he was a nope. frat boy either. No, nope. but uh, poor a, man's Jordan, the Romanian uh, Jordan vampire guy, vampire, vampire guy, Emmanuel, yes, Emmanuel. Yeah, he's coming back on the next season of MTV Challenge. Eh? <laughs> wow. I mean, um, yeah. So you lo- you loved this? Challenge. I thought it was pretty good just because it was different. Right. And like, I, I, I'll take the bananas line here where bananas was saying, you know, he thinks he's very good at this game and he can figure anything out, but they always just come up with something new and different. And I thought this was a different challenge. Like I like the challenges where don't get me wrong. I love the physical competitions where it's just like beast mode, but I also like the challenges where there's no distinct advantage going in. Right. Like anybody could have won this, you know, you could have had Cassidy go against Chris and I don't know who would have won. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I love those types of challenges, too, where you got to, like, think it through a little. You know, there's no distinct like, well, this person's bigger than the other person, so they're going to win. Or this person's faster than that person, so they're going to win. Or this is a straight stamina competition and that person's slow and they have no stamina, so they're going to lose. You know what I mean? Like. In this one, you you really didn't know. And I like those types of challenges, regardless of what game it is, let's say, you know? Yes. Um, longtime listener, Jade Zwingli says, you guys are killing me with this love of the elimination challenge this week, referring to last week's episode. I was so bored. I told my husband during it that I hope they never do this one again. So maybe our taste is off. I don't even remember what was last. Oh, last week was the one with the, that was really hard. I <laughs> thought that was a good challenge. Okay. I'm sorry. I disagree. I thought that was a good challenge last week. I liked it too. I liked Maybe. last week's better than this one. This one wasn't bad, but I don't know. I would like, this one was fine. It wasn't bad. I didn't mind it. Like, I didn't think it was like the best one, but I thought, it, I thought last week's was better than this one in terms of difficulty and like strategy and how difficult it was. This one, I think because Chris clearly had a strategy, whereas uh, I was going to call him a manual, <laughs> but Sebastian did not. Um, I think that made it a little bit uh, that made it a little bit better because there's a world in which both of them are like Sebastian and they just don't know what they're doing. Yeah, and it just was a yeah, terrible yeah. challenge, That's and true. they're up there forever, right? Um, so Chris wins, mm-hmm. which I actually think is the best case scenario for viewers. Hell yeah. Not just because I'm a little over the Tory Sebastian romance, but also because this guy's coming back into the house and no one likes him anymore. Like he has no allies. He has totally blown it. And like, I mean, you already alluded to Wes being like, oh, I could use this guy. But like Chris is going, unless Chris wins next week, he is going back into elimination. <laughs> like yeah. it is like a sure thing. And I think that's going to make for great television. Yeah, it's definitely everybody hates Chris section of this season of the challenge. But also, I want to say something here. Okay, you're you're so right about Tori and Sebastian thing being over and done with, and I'm glad that it's over and done with as well. But I need to say something here. Okay, long time viewer of the challenge, right? Right. I feel like there was something that was sacred or important about when someone like you were on with like your girlfriend or like a serious relationship and then that person gets eliminated and then we have this moment at the end of the elimination where you run over to them and you give them a hug and they they do it in slow motion like it's Baywatch, like you're running to your significant other that just got eliminated and then you kiss and it's so sad because it's like oh no this person got eliminated and they were the only person keeping me in the house and i feel like those used to be real moments and now it just seems like a tired trope 
Like people yeah. just saw it on before and now it's like, oh, well, I just got to do this because like I was hanging out with this person in the house and now they're gone. So I got to like run and give them a hug, even though they we all know they have to go back into the house to get all their stuff. So you're going to see them like it's not like you never see them again after this elimination ends. You know what I mean? Like you're all going back to the same house. They have to clear out their stuff like this isn't like the old school version of the challenge where it's like everyone packed their things because it's time to leave and do you know what i mean so yeah i don't know it just and also they're like the way this show works as i think our listeners know is that like when you lose you don't go back to the united states you go back to like the holding hotel exactly yeah and, and then like everyone that's been eliminated is there you hang out you're having meals together you're doing excursions together right like you're you're hanging yeah. out and then, so like, if and when Tori gets eliminated, then she'll just, she'll meet him back at that hotel. But also like their relationship, like there's no way, as you said, they've been in the house for like two weeks. Like it's these thir- challenge 30 USC, days at this point, but like your point still cha- stands. Like, what are we doing here? Right. I didn't need the, oh, Tori's got to run out and do that. And also I'm going to say this and I'm going to be careful about how I phrase this. But I feel like you're demeaning your prior relationships now if there's multiple times that you've run out and done that with different people on the show. Yeah. Especially when one of those was an engagement. (laughs) Right? Like, what are we doing here? I'm I'm also like, I guess everyone's feelings are valid. But like, Sebastian uses a word that starts with the letter L when he's speaking to confessional. And like he's sort of free. He didn't quite say I love you, Tori, but he said love you. And I was like, hmm, there's a better way of of doing it. I want to know what other people think about this, too. Right. Like, are we just like curmudgeons on here or other people kind of like, okay, we get it, Tori. You're trying to have another showman so that you can be all up in the video, all in the camera, all in the storyline more. Right. Like, are we the only ones feeling that or is everyone else? kind of feeling the same way too and or thinking that we're being too harsh on Tori. Let us know. Let us know. Yeah. And like I think the record shows we like Tori. Like we're Tori fans. Mm-hmm. But like sometimes she's just doing too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So who killed it this week? So here's who I said killed it. And it's obvious to me because when you put up such a dominating performance in a daily challenge, you killed it. And it's Fessy Fessy Fessy's performance in that, like everyone else struggled to a certain extent. As mentioned earlier, my guy's out here doing backflips, backflips, like just toying with this whole thing. Like they stopped counting and I thought it was over. And then he just kept going, grabbing even more flags. And he like tripled whatever the second place person had. Like he, it was just, it wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. And when you put up a performance like that, and I mean, the whole Chris thing, Chris was a casualty. He wasn't really that big part of his alliance anyways. So yeah, to me, Fessy killed it. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm gonna do it, Sheldon. It's our first of the season. I'm giving an LVP, least oh. valuable player, to Sebastian. <laughs> because, yes. like, let's let's just break it down. Let's just do a point form. Mm-hmm. Number one, he should have been in the safest position of anyone in the house who did not win. Yeah. Number two. He finished second in the daily elimination and the sorry in the daily competition. He finished second of any of the survivors, like no one was saying his name mm-hmm. until he made it a thing. Very like, true. He apparently has very strong feelings for Tori. He could have been spending more time with her. They mm-hmm. could have been having dates when everyone else is going to the club, right? Mm-hmm. All he had to do was instead of feeling his oats and going around and like suggesting court, if he'd done literally nothing, he would yeah. not have gone into that elimination. Like yeah. that's 
LVP. Like that is so bad. It would have been someone else. I don't know. I there was a better chance that Corey would have gone in if he had said nothing. Is there a question for you? Mm-hmm. Do you think that his showmans with Tory helped or hurt his game? I think it I think it this episode it hurt. I think in the long run it helped. Like okay. I think I think he was a little bit protected by proximity, but then I think when he started running his mouth a little bit and like I like Alyssa and Tyler, like, of course they would vote for him. Yeah. Right. Like we don't know ultimately whose vote was drawn, but like the numbers were increased in part, I'm sure because of his association with Tori. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, where can the good people find you on social media? Well, you can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And huge shouts to the people liking and subscribing wherever you get this podcast. We appreciate it. We see the comments. We love the comments. This is why we continue to do the pod. So please bless us with a like, a share, tell your friends who enjoy the challenge because there's a still a massive crew of us out there. And why not spread the love of people that love the challenge? We love love. Real love. We do love love. Not fake love like Tori and Sebastian, but story for another day. Um, And you can find me on any social media platform at Chidley Hill because that is good branding. Until (laughs) next week, this was You Killed It. (laughs) Well played. I see what you did there, and I liked it. You killed it.